Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ, and I'm so glad that you have joined us today. Uh, we are going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and starting in verse 6. Now, I know last week, I believe it was last Friday, uh, we were able to look at the first five verses of this chapter, and this chapter uh, in particular, and especially going down through verse around verse 25, he is dealing specifically with this gift of, of tongues. And he's making an overall point that we're going to continue noticing throughout this passage. But so many people will turn to this chapter to try to teach uh, this false doctrine of, of speaking in tongues as, as far as you know it being a secret language. And I know we talked about that some whenever we looked at the first five verses, but I think it becomes so abundantly clear that that is not what Paul is talking about as we continue to look through this and even what we already noticed last, last week uh, in the first five verses, such as he says in verse 5, uh, he says, The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. He's not talking about some secret language between us and the Lord. He is talking about someone who has the ability to speak in a language that they have not learned, to speak in a language that they have not uh, been instructed in. And so that's what he's dealing with here. And again, I think that becomes abundantly clear as we continue studying this. Uh, look there in verse 6. He says, Now, brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? Now, what he says there, kind of in the middle of the verse, is his whole point in relation to the speaking in tongues. He says, How will I benefit you? He's going to be hitting on this several times going down through verse 25 that these gifts in speaking in tongues and prophesying, all of these miraculous gifts, and especially these two, because those are the ones he's dealing with, were meant to build up the church. But of course they could be misused, and unfortunately the church at Corinth was uh, misusing these things, and so he's trying to, to, to straighten them out in, in those regards. But he says there, uh, in, continuing in verse 7, he says, if even lifeless instruments, such as the flute or the harp, do not give distinct notes, how will anyone know what is played? And if the bugle gives an, an indistinct sound, who will get ready for battle? So with yourselves, if your tongue, you utter speech that is not intelligible, how will anyone know what is said? For you will be speaking into the air. Again, I, I think that this even these few verses and the example that he gives proves that this is not a heavenly language that the Holy Spirit lays on our hearts or the Holy Spirit gives to us or anything of that nature. Because he uses that example of instruments. He says, okay, if you've got all of these instruments, but they're not playing distinct notes, and it's just kind of a hodgepodge of, of noise, he says, how are you going to know what's, what's being played? And again, that example of the bugle in verse, verse 8, if it doesn't make a distinct sound, who's going to be ready for battle? And this point is, is no one. 
you're not going to be able to know what is going on or what is being played by those instruments. And he says that's the exact same way it is for you and those in Corinth and in the first century that had this uh, spiritual gift. That's the same way it is if you are speaking in a tongue or in a language that your audience can't understand. What's the point? It's not going to benefit them. It's not going to help them. Continuing in verse 10, he says there are doubtless many different languages in the world and none is without meaning. But if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker and the speaker a foreigner to me. Again, I, I know we referenced this this last week. But here he says there's doubt, doubtless many different languages in the world. He's talking about various different dialects, various different languages that people of that day and age would speak. Whether it be Hebrew or, or Aramaic or Latin or Greek or whatever it is, they had all of these different languages. And his point is, is that if I don't understand what's being said, it's not going to help me. That speaker is going to be a foreigner to me, and I'm going to be a foreigner to him because I can't understand his message. In verse 12, he says, So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. That's the purpose of these gifts, is to build up the church. And, and they serve different functions, and he's going to get into that later. But those people in that day and age, using those miraculous abilities, the purpose of it was not to bring attention and glory to themselves. The purpose of it was to build up the church. And, and I think about that for you and I today. Now, I know we talked about in first, when we were studying 1 Corinthians 13 that, that the spiritual age, the miraculous age, rather not the spiritual, the miraculous age has been done away with. We don't have those miraculous abilities as they did in the first century. But I still think about the, the principle for us. Some of us have certain abilities. Some people are wonderful at, at praying or leading singing or whatever it is. But we don't need to use those things. We don't need to use those abilities to try to bring attention to us. We need to use those abilities to bring glory to God as, as Christ commanded in Matthew 5, there in verses 13 through 16. God gave the Corinthians these spiritual gifts to build up the church. And Paul, continuing in verse 13, says, Therefore one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you are saying? For you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Now, in this entire section, his whole point is when we come together, as he's talking about in this entire chapter, when we are assembled together, 
having that understanding of what is being done, having that understanding of what is being said is so incredibly important. Now for them, it had a bit of a different application than it does for you and I. Of course, here dealing with the gift of tongues. If someone was praying in, in a tongue that the audience did not understand, or if you were in an audience and someone was, was speaking in a tongue that you didn't understand, it's, it's not going to benefit you. And as he points out in verse 16, how can an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you were saying? Pointing out that understanding what is happening, understanding what is going on is absolutely crucial to our worship. Which is why Paul says there in verse 19 that he would rather speak five words with his mind, and what he means by that is his understanding, in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Now, I believe the King James, or the New King James, and I think the, the uh, King James does as well, adds the word an unknown tongue. Whether that word is in there or not, that's the general meaning of what he is saying given the context and the point that he has been making basically from verse 1. He's saying, I would, rather, I would rather say five words that people could understand than 10,000 that someone couldn't. Because the five words are going to help build someone up. The five words are going to help instruct someone. But the 10,000, if they don't understand it, it does no good. So in this in, entire portion of, of scripture he's continuing to deal with with that issue and we're just about out of time so we're going to have to stop here and we'll pick up in verse 20 uh, tomorrow thank you so much for your time and for your attention